Hello guys and welcome to another episode of Yuwak Salitaan in celebration of Health Awareness and Heritage Month this May and Design Matters. Yuwapsa brings you its 7th season entitled Art Care, a Step Forward for Architecture and Mental Health. With guest speakers from local and international, together let's learn new ideas and knowledge that could help us as future architects. I am Dean Kabadzan from Yuwapsa Summer State University, your host for today's episode 6 of Yuwapsa Litaan Season 7. So, as Mahatma Gandhi was said, a nation's culture resides in the hearts and in the soul of its people. Because let me tell you, they tell a story, a story of a country, the people who built them, why and how. Because they are an important part of our national identity. Because today, we will be discussing how can architecture help us in heritage conservation. So without further ado, let me introduce you our guest speaker for today. He studied Bachelor of Fine Arts at the University of the Philippines back 1997 and he is an exhibiting painter, freelance production designer, and a graphic designer. He is also an educator of art history, criticism, and art production techniques. He is also the web director of Green Agenda Now and the former National Chair of Sanib Sining Movement for Synesthetics. Without further ado, it is a pleasure to have you here and welcome to our podcast, Mr. John Lacanski Olivares. Thank you so much for accepting our invitation. And how are you today? Good day, everyone. Um, okay, so I'm also a historian. Um, I did not formally take studies in history, but I have a keen um, interest in history. So I have been writing in my blog. Basically, right now, I'm completing the um, history of Quezon City, which is about already 300 articles already in my blog. Then I'll be starting with other cities I've been to from Manila, Cebu, Bolzames, uh, Baguio. So I basically traveled around this country. I've lived with different ethnic groups and I've been adopted by several ethnic groups in this country. So I've had um, training in anthropology also, but not, um, and other matters in research. So that's the very basics why I'm also here as a historian. And if we're, we're celebrating now National Heritage Month. And, you know, we think about heritage. What is it? Let's go back to one basic uh, term is inherit. Pamana. Diba? Pamana ng nakaraan. And these are the gifts given to us. Our histories are given to us by the people in the past. This is what builds us up. I would tell people that you cannot condemn all history because without history, you yourself will not exist. Um, one good sample is we just celebrated 500 years of Christianity in the Philippines with the arrival from Magellan, then later on um, it was continued by Legazpi, etc. And people would say it's like, you know, um, colonialism was bad. Yes, true. I mean, bad things happened, but if you look at back into it, you would not exist. You yourself will not exist if these events have not happened. So 
heritage conservation is not just celebrating what's in the past, but also what we are, what made us, and what still continues to make us because we are also part of building continual history. And that includes into architecture. Um, you know, as that's why we have to also use heritage as remembrances of the lessons of the past. Not a condemnation or not anything, but these are also reminders of the lessons. Not just because of what happened, but how it made us. Kaya sabi ni Rizal, di ba? Ang hindi marunong luminun sa pinanggalingan ay hindi makakarating sa pinanggalingan. So, that's a very big issue. And when we'll talking about heritage, like I said, I've been to so many cities in our in our country. I've studied them, photographed um, all their heritage sites. Walk, I've destroyed so many of my shoes just going around these cities and you know, um, documenting and writing about these things. And you know, I've also helped local organizations, owners, etc., identify certain aspects of their culture. Like um, I gave one one good examples when I went to the Museum of Talisay, and then I pinpointed that one of the sculptures they had there was done by Anastasio Cairo, who was nominated three times to be a national artist. And they were shocked that we have an important piece of history and art in our museum, and we didn't know. And, and you know, so I, I've helped so many um, institutions identifying their pieces and also celebrate the history within their own area. And I'm Dayo, I'm just Dayo, but that's one aspect of, because we are all Filipino, so I'm not really Dayo. Even if I go to a town, I was never born here, you know? And we celebrate all those heritages around us, you know? So that's uh, basically what my work is for, and that's why even I became a teacher, because after all these experiences in life, from being a historian, uh, anthropological researcher, etc., it's time to share it back. Because we're not going to grow if we don't know what the past is. That's basically it. And we do not destroy our past, but celebrate it and even take care of it. That's why we are talking about heritage, heritage conservation. my first question is why is architectural conservation important and what are the importance or rules of architecture for any country? Okay. Um, one good example is actually is like I, I gave this um, example when we were talking about architectural interventions in the time of the pandemic and I said it's like, we got to look at the past. And one good example is here in the Philippines. We're mm-hmm. so used to the aircon architecture, which I call, you know, and everything's closed, glass, etc., sealed, and you just have to rely on air and not natural air. Then when we have no electricity, boom, you're suffering, right? And I say, look at the buildings, like, uh, done by Illustre, etc., buildings in the 1950s, even during the, the neoclassic era of the Americans from Arellano. These are big, massive buildings, but well, well, um, what you call that? Ventilated with natural air. There was no air conditioning in those times. Oh. And when there's no electricity in those buildings, or there's open windows and boom, you got air flowing through the whole place. It was well designed, etc. 
and you celebrate also not just the look of the place, but the ingenuity of the designs. That's one idea, one point. And even the point of Baroque architecture is still a lesson for us on how to deal with good structure that will withstand earthquakes. Mm -mm. And if you don't learn from that, then we're going to have major problems, you know, that we don't... Um, no, we don't have to build massive walls like they did in Baroque architecture, but it also has to remind us. And we have to keep that in mind because it's not just um, the building code that tells us what to do, but we ourselves as designers have to keep that in mind. So now, like I said, um, first is learning lessons of the past. And the second is also your identity. If you don't know what made you, including the past, then you're not going to go really anywhere. You know, your even your um, national identity is still part of. So that's the first about heritage celebration. Now we talk about conservation. Um, there's so much to really talk about because it really depends on structures we're looking at, and the people specialize on Baroque churches. There's those who specialize in. Um, 20th century architecture, those who specialize in um, American neoclassic here in the Philippines, sorry about design. And then there's those who also design, um, specialize in preserving tribal architecture, such as the Torogans. And I was supposed to be helping some friends in Marawi um, before the war. Mm-hmm. about restoring their drogans, which are basically the um, house of royalty among the Maranao people. Yes, sir. And, you know, so there are many specializations. So we're going to talk about like, how do we, how do we, we have to talk about very specific material, um, processes for each of what I've listed. And we're also talking about the, um, design structure the engineering these things what are we going to do um, the issues of um, nature degrading or even pollution degrading these places there's so much and the last thing worse is neglect because people suddenly forgot their own heritage you go to many places people don't even know how important certain things are around them and it takes an outsider like me to point it out that that's important. And the local governments and architects should remind the local governments what is important that they should celebrate. Architects, art restorers, artists, etc. and concerned citizens remind their local governments this is important. We have to preserve this. And Another part of the issue is for buildings that are no longer usable, how do we mm-hmm. reuse, repurpose these buildings? So isn't it hard to deal with the government about sa mga heritage sites na hindi na nalang pre-preserve nila? Like, they would end up destroying it na lang for other conveniences? Well, first about the, um, for not just local governments. One is like one good example is the Hialeah building in Erupita, Manila, which was torn down in the 90s. But the issue was it's there's no law 
and it's privately owned. We cannot stop a privately owned endeavor, right? Um, the NCCA has now programs for that. The big, that was the big lesson, the high life building. And there are laws that that can be enforced even to private owners. That's why another example just a few years ago was the El Burgar Hotel in Manila, in Binondo, Manila, which the, the destruction of the building was stopped. But the sad thing about it is after the destruction is stopped, what are you going to do with the building? And like the El Holger up to now, it's just rotting. No one's using it. Unlike compared to the um, Metropolitan Theater, which has been now reopened, you know, there is um, so it works. Because the theater is a theater, it can be used. But the El Holger, what are you going to do with the building? Mm. So what is the purpose? So people really have to plan. You don't just say stop, stop this. You have to give those who complain, which have the right to, mm-hmm. also have the responsibility to give an alternative how to save it, not just stop the destruction of certain um, heritage sites, but how to preserve it. Because sometimes, you know, the government doesn't have the right advice. It's our job to also give advice. So, like any problem, I don't say just stop, 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 complain, complain. Give a solution. So, I would rather say, you know, I would invest like, um, what you call that? There's a, right beside the El Holgar is Cafe 1919, which was another building that's being um, torn down and it's turned into a restaurant. And it worked. That was the repurposing of the building. It used to be a business building for um, I forgot what it was, but they turned it into a restaurant, and it worked perfectly. And more people go there and appreciate the place. The food is good. I find it well planned. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also this, this gentleman I forgot his name, the one who built the Las Isas Casas in. Um, Zambales, mm-hmm. this local governance will not preserve. He takes these old buildings and takes the place brick by brick, post by post, and re- brings it to his uh, property in um, Zambales mm-hmm. for tourists to enjoy. People say that's not fair because you're taking it out of the place it was built. Yeah, but the local government's not doing it. No, these the guys doing it. Um, is preserving it. Mm-hmm. He puts his own money into it. He's not forcing anyone. So we can't really complain that he's doing something a bit, it's not the ideal. He's doing something. So, you know, um, heritage conservation is a really case by case issue. Mm-hmm. So it's time that we have to be stringent or strict by making ordinance in heritage conservation, sir? We have already that. We have, like I said, the law was made after the tearing down of the, what you call that, the Hayalai building. Mm-hmm. And because of that, um, you know, many constructions have been stopped. What about, sir, yung ibang building na hindi na stopped? parang napatuloy lang yung pagsira nila kahit because there's no one uh, monitoring there's no one monitoring that's the saddest thing you know uh, it's like I remember this 
was reading a few a week or so back this 16th century church in Russia just disappeared. Why? Because no one was using it anymore. Then when, when someone came to look where the church was, it was gone. Someone took it out brick by brick in a few months. And there's no one's monitoring it. That's why when I say, when a concerned citizen points out something, they may have to come out with a process of monitoring these things. They have to suggest and work with the local government or whoever is concerned. How do we monitor this? How do we do this? You know, people there in the, um, in the small town in Russia just said, okay, we have an old building here, but don't visit it. It's far open. No, it's far from the main part of the town, so we don't really care. They could have made it a tourist spot. That's one way to get monitoring of a space. So it's a tourist spot. Without proper monitoring, sir, maybe it could lead to destruction or negligence, parang ganon. Because when you're not monitoring um, any artifact, it will slowly degrade, or it will be subject to vandalism. Yes. Right. So like I said, why not? Why if they made it into a tourist spot, the town in Russia, then there would be a regular flow of people looking at the place. That means it's being monitored. Uh, when I wrote about uh, when I'm doing my rounds in different cities, you know, when I see like damaged pieces in um, public sculpture, I report them. I report what happened, and I, and I tell even my other contacts who are interested in history, like, hey, did you know that the plaque of uh, MacArthur in this in Manila was stolen? And people are shocked. What? It's stolen? We drive by it every day. Yeah, but you don't look at it every day. You just drive by it every day. You don't look at it. And you know, people are shocked when I reported that it was stolen. It was still during the time of Mayor Chenza. I know, it was the time of now. Uh, Mayor Estrada, when I reported that. And so, when you see it, don't complain. You report it also. If you have, for those who have the heart for it, then you do action. Don't just complain. Don't use social media only. You look for the proper channels to lodge your complaint. Whether it's the NCCA, the local government, um, you do your part. Don't just complain on social media and wait for someone else to do it. What usually happens. Yeah, so, sir, is there specific cost data with regard on heritage conservation and who are the ones that shoulders the funding of this conservation? Okay. Um, some of it is funded by the NCCA, but they can't completely. The budget is not big enough. Mm-hmm. Because, like, after 2013, Bohol earthquake, so many of the churches here, from Bohol to Cebu, mm-hmm. damaged. And with so many churches, we what you call that, the, the NCCA could not fund all of it. And even the local governments, whether it's Cebu City or Anbang in Bohol, etc., um, they didn't have the budget for that because they didn't plan to. And second, all the churches are also privately owned by the church itself, by the Catholic Church. So this is a, a big, what you call a tango or dance that you have to do. Mm. First and foremost, the 
the government cannot fully come in and say, we're going to fix this. Because why? It's private property. So they have to coordinate very well. Second is, they have to get the right specialists to see how it's being done. So getting to pay these people, the specialists, to do the job, you just can't have any construction company or architect to just do that and get specialists in church architecture. So that means all the permits, etc. It's it's a long process also, you have to understand. Um, most of these um, heritage sites are actually private owned. So getting all the permits and getting the, the right um, specialists to work is quite a um, process. It takes time, but then again, we do not because we do not we should not be waiting for a um, what you call it disaster to act. Mm-hmm. That's why when the after the 2013 earthquake, you know, everyone. All the budgets were exhausted because there's no heritage conservation budget from the local governments. And even the private institutions like church do not put aside a budget to preserve their uh, parishes, to preserve their churches. Mm-hmm. So there should be already that awareness that you are taking care of something of um, historical importance. Then you should put a budget for upkeeping. That should be the start also, maybe a new law for that, to build a budget for upkeep and restoration, for conservation, and all these things. So, so, so eventually, sir, meron pa naman mga ano, na-conserve na ng mga building as of now? Oh, yeah. A lot. Like, you know, um, like here in Cebu, the Santo Nino was um, severely damaged. And it's back, you know, it's fixed. Um, our biggest problem is actually the politicking. Because, like I said, there's a big, uh, whole process. Like, when I went to Paete, the, the giant murals by dance in the Paete church, which were about uh, more than two centuries old, three centuries old were being eaten by what you call that um, termites and you know the NCCA the local government and even the private um, consultant were all arguing who takes the job and after that it just got worse it got destroyed even worse you know Um, and that's a very sad issue is about you know uh, all the politics and red tape in doing the job, but like I said, there are many preserved, like Jingo, um, even um, the Church of Saint Paul in Rosamis is well preserved. That's done by Doxin. You know, um, they have a budget for it. It's a small town, but they have a Doxin um, church there. Um, if you look at the, the town of Jimenez in 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 the now, it is the what you call that the vegan south. It's well preserved. All the bahay na bato and the churches are all and the church is well preserved. So the local community really took care of it. It was not a plan to be. They're not even a tourist town. 
but it's well preserved. All the, you know, the buying of ato. Uh, we also, so we also have that with Karkar. But Karkar in Cebu is a tourist town. There are many um, interventions that, depending on the local government, how they look at their own heritage and how they educate the locals also. Because really up to, when I talk about local government, we also have public schools have a job to educate that this is important to our city. This is important to, you know, our town, our municipality, you know. That's why actually like the, the Museo Nantakalisa in Cebu is actually within the public school. So it's part of the learning system. So that was a good intervention. Because sir, apparently not all architecture schools have been introduced to historical conservation and the importance of it. So what are architecture students need to know about heritage studies? It's not about a need to know. It's about nurturing a love for heritage. It's not just like, I'm gonna go to this place. It's not like, I'm interested in heritage kasi pupunta ako doon para makaselfie. Most people do that. I'm gonna go to a historical place. Selfie. Ganun. It's not that. It's love. What is your love for your history? For your heritage? You know, what's your love? It's have to nurture. It can't just be like listening to me and other speakers. It's not about forcing the teacher, no, you have to love history. You don't get forced to love. It's like a boyfriend girlfriend. You can't force a person to be your boyfriend or your girlfriend, right? It's a choice. Love is a choice. Yeah. So, <laughs> you hear us, what do you value? Do you, you have people, students that look back and say, what is my value for history? How do I love history? How do I love the heritage of my town? First is, when you think you have to, they know the history of your area. Mm-hmm. Where you live. When I started just writing about histories of certain districts in Quezon City, and some people just like, wow, I didn't know, you know, that this place had so many things. People were shocked when I started writing about the area. Um, like, you know, the projects, etc. And older people started writing back to me and saying, ah, oh, we had this. And I sparked their love for their area by writing about it because people would take it for granted. So even like here, um, where I live here in Cebu, I'm mapping the old houses in Sambag, the barangays of Sambag 1 and 2. And when I write about it, obviously people just really have that's our place. We didn't know there's a historical aspect in space. You know? So that's the whole thing. Um, it's for people to find out because that's where you lived and get to know your place where you live. So, did it happen that you stayed at one place and then do some research? Or... Yes, I've been traveling around our country and staying. I mean, I've lived up in the Cordilleras with the, like, even from ano, yung anthropological work. I lived in the Cordilleras, the Tausug, etc. But also, going to certain towns. Yes, I've lived in those towns for a while. I lived in Baguio, um, Puerto Princesa, etc. Um, you know, you know, throughout my youth, I, I was traveling a lot. I mean, you don't have to do that. Mine was different why I chose to do that. Because simply, lang, I just asked myself, what does it mean to be Filipino? I was 
I'm a Manila bread, born and bred in Quezon City. But I question myself is what is a Filipino? So in my youth, um, I decided to get to know what it is to be Filipino and lived all over our country. Any job I could get in these cities, I would do it. And one thing that helped was I signed up to be an anthropological researcher, which helped me a lot. Mm. Uh, so since the, in the end, the school was paying for my travel to go to different places and live there. Oh. I because I, I signed up um, to the University of the Philippines. I went to the Department of Anthropology and said, make me your researcher. And they were surprised. And they said, you know, I mean, first, we can't get you. It was the vice The dean told me, he's like, I, I won't get you because I have professors and students already in Anthropology. Why should I get an artist? Mm-hmm. And then I told the dean simply, because I was a mountaineer, and I said, uh, who among your teachers and students are mountaineers? Who know how to survive in the mountains and you know, make sure everyone's safe? And that's what, you know, marketing and selling point. And I give, I give them my selling point why they should get me. Mm-hmm. And they got me. And she trained me, the dean trained me uh, personally. So what was supposed to be four years of anthropology, she trained me two months, you know, and then sent me on the field. You know, um, I was young, I was single, so man, I can't really do all of that. But I still go to uh-huh. different cities because I, I have also worked yeah. in those places, you know. Um, you know, but or during my free time, during my uh, vacations, I would go to you know, um, different towns and cities. Like here, we can talk about the island of Cebu. There's so many municipalities just to talk of, and all of them were built during the Spanish era, and all of them are Spanish era churches. So I've been visiting them slowly, young, during my three days. Well, how long Again, have you been staying there, sir? Here in Cebu, I've been living here in for you know, This is my third year then. Ah, uh, then sir, sa mga iba-ibang places like Depende. how long? Really, I mean, I'm 50 already. I'm very 50. So it's a lifetime oh. of all of these things. So hindi ko magkwento talaga lahat yan kasi each city has a story in itself. Okay, so yeah. medyo mahal ano mahaba mo kwento yan. Um, but basically, you know, from my my 20s to my early 30s, I was just living around. You know, the people no permanent address, depending on what was the job. But anyway, like I'm saying, mine was an extreme case. Because I really wanted to know. I'm a very curious person. But then that's when I also realized, wait, I've been going around the country. It's like, why don't I know my own city? Yes, own city. So I was the wealth of history that I was able to uncover was also just as astonishing. From every district, palang natang district na nakadto. Even Manila, etc. And Cebu, I've been walking and tearing my shoes. Like I said, sa dami-dami ko sapatos na sinira, walking all these cities, you know. I walk the streets, not just the heritage sites, but each district, I get to know the streets very well. Because there's subtle histories there. You know, even we have to wonder why. Why was the street named that way? So there's certain unique streets I think Comuna, Rizal, um, you know, Bonifacio Road, etc. Whatever. Those are two common, but the uncommon names. Why were they named that way? Then you find out there's a very interesting history about this place. So you build first your interest in history, not just for the big things like the heritage sites. Because when you find out that you know your history in your in your area, 
then you really, that's when you find more heritage sites more than what you see as the big touristy or um, photographable heritage sites. Because there are also places that are not, you know, very interesting to look at, but they're also very important to the history of the people. You know? So that's one thing that you have to look at. You know, that even includes, you know, even if you stop the trees about 100 years old, more than 10, more than 200 years old, then that's part of your heritage. It's not just building. That's part of the, the heritage of the place, you know. And because when you talk about heritage, there's so many things. It could be artwork, it could be a practice, traditions, etc. So even for you, what are you active in your local traditions? In your area, you know? like rather, do you participate in the fiesta or you just use it as a good excuse to drink? I mean, do you join the parade? Do you yeah. help in the parade? Right? That's a very important thing that you be part of history. So, this is a choice you have to make. It's not a lesson any teacher can make, but you say, do I love my place? I make a choice. I'll be part of this place. I will get to know my place. And that's where it all starts. Because you can't go around just saving some other city if you don't know the heritage of your place that there might be something important for you to work in your area. Mm. Right? So that's why um, after all my my still traveling up to now, I first started working on Queso City, then that's when I started moving on to writing about histories of the unknown histories of other cities, not just the common known histories. So, yeah. Okay, so, this is my last question. Um, what okay. is one problem that occur in the refurbishment that involves the historical buildings? First, not getting the right people. That's the, in, the number one problem actually is not known. Uh, it's the politics. Right. Number one problem is the politics. You know, and that's a sad thing. That's a, 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 a um, thing we can't avoid. And what con- connects to the politics is getting the, the wrong people. Sometimes the politicians or the local, we just get, you know, um, kilala nila, not the experts kasi nagtitipin sila. Yeah. And, okay. Sorry, you might hear the church. I live also beside the church here. But, yun, those are the big problems. Then the next, um, because that's when they're building. Obviously, the first problem is we talked about earlier is people not caring, the locals themselves. But when it comes to interventions, the politics and getting the wrong people. And there's so many botched jobs about this. But sometimes also, the purists can be also a problem. Those who want pure conservation but will not allow certain technologies to be used because dapat askis talaga siya. What am I saying? I'll, I'll give some samples of some churches. They were uh, planning to put uh, metal bars within the limestone bricks because they were highly degraded. But, you know, these purists said, no, we wanted pure stone. And they couldn't save it properly because, you know, it was getting too rapid, you know, there has to be certain compromises also that you have to agree with conservation. Because when you're doing a restoration and a conservation project, 
you can't use the original materials. They're, they're degraded already. And we have to just come to agreement which would be the best interventions that would save for the next generations. And and following up, that is a continual education to, you know, for people to appreciate their what's in their area. Yeah, so that's basically what I can share. So, which leads that we need to preserve our identities talaga, sir. Yeah, so, you know, I hope all of you guys for listening is get to know your area. Let's just start with that. Hmm. We can't force you to love and be active like I was saying, the almost thousands of students have been under me before when I was in another university, the architecture students, um, only a few really shine to, I could really say in a handful, shine to, um, what you call it, to heritage architecture. And... You know, it's not, I will not be frustrated about that. But now that I'm talking to a lot of you now, I would still say the challenge is starting what do you love, what you cherish, even about your area. Make choice about your city, your town, or your district, right? make a choice. Because, you know, not all the, all the information will come from the school. The school can't teach everything. And, you know, so make the choice. Mm-hmm. So, kahit sir, nawawala na tayo ng unti-unting mga heritage sites. <laughs> there's still a lot din. Like I said nga, there's some stuff kasi, you know, are unnoticed. And some are lost. Science, you know, you have to say it's sad. And that's a good lesson nga. Eh. Kung nawala yan, okay, revoke. Makes you stop and think, what did we do wrong? Why did we care about it before? So there's something else that we have to care for now because sometimes when you do something, it's when you really appreciate it. Listen, like in the Hyalai building before it was torn down, people just didn't give a damn. Like, parang ano, bubulok, parang dikit, I'll give you. Mga ganun, even the artists who complained before that didn't care about the building. They just passed by it and the bubulok lang yan, you know. Then when it was torn down, that's when they complained. Because when it was still there, you didn't care about it. Now it's not there, that's when you care about it. You're also at fault. You know? Because they're trying to be some living heroes of, uh, of conservation. No, it should have been way before the, uh, the act of tearing down the building happened. That's when you know they should have intervened. And at least now, nice thing is we're talking about period before social media. Social media helps also educate people. Mm-hmm. You know, we rally people to awareness of certain things. That helps. Sometimes if the person in the skill not listening to you, sometimes reading in the noise of social media, that's all. So there are many avenues to do something. Okay? But it starts now, like I said, with awareness. A choice to be aware. And like I said before, the artists complained about it is they were also equally guilty of not caring for the building. And now, you know, 
when it's gone, that's when you complain. So you also have to be aware of what it was. Because the higher I building, I'll give examples. It was right beside the AAP, so Art Association of Philippines, just near the Art Association of Philippines um, office. So means the artists will always see it passing by, but they didn't care, you know, until it was torn down. So that was their area. They were near it, but they didn't do anything about it until it was too late. Mm-hmm. So like, like I said, you go back to love of your space, your area. You make a choice to love it and just not take it for granted. So that's why you get to know that's important and find an answer for it. Find a solution. Then suggest it to the proper authorities. Good. Because before the destruction, so it's easy to it's easier to build a budget than just like you know when it just gets destroyed it makes more money you need more money to repair, uh, repair something that's completely damaged already not just holding up then I think that ends our talk for today sir okay yeah. so you know enjoy National Heritage Month May and also I did study properties around the country mm-hmm. so you know get to know things in your area mm-hmm. so any messages for our listeners sir or perhaps you want to plug if I want to plug nah. <laughs> you know plug ko lang skwela nyo <laughs> What's your school all about? I mean, you know, uh, there's nothing, you know, uh, you know, I have my own blog, etc. But, you know, it's really more right now for Kesson City people. But when I'll be writing about it's Lakansining at WordPress. Just looking for that. But when I start writing about your city, Sana, wait for it. But it takes me years to finish a whole city because I'm Kesson City, three years of. 300 articles or the 300 articles you know, um, it will take me years to complete the whole story of your city mm-hmm. but hopefully I get to write about your city oh wait so you're or doing studies in summer pardon you're doing you're also doing some studies in summer po um summer not yet okay. but I'm planning to because I already did some you know, some ano sa late pa lang mm-hmm. Medyo, ganon. Budget ko rin yun, ah. Hey, I pay for everything. I mean, no one's funding me. I mean, I, I fund myself. So, unti-unti yan yan. Kasi like I said, everything costs money then. That's why you have to pre-plan everything, including heritage conservation. Diba? So, yun. Yeah, so for summer, ganon, soon. Ang tao dyan. Negros nga, hindi pa ako nakakabalik, eh. Yeah. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I haven't been back in Kayao. It's been a long time, so I hope to come back soon. Because I also have my responsibilities here in our university. After this pandemic, siguro, sir, no? <laughs> like I said, there are many places around your area to discover. At hindi lang ano. Hindi pang selfie lang. Good. So if any of you go out and rediscover your own place, don't just use it as selfie, but tell the story and get people interested in their own space. 
done that's all that's all that could be to share saya cuma mau ingin sih bahan gitu okay love thank you thank you talaga sir for the very inspiring messages okay <laughs> bye really thank you sir I learned a lot today <laughs> okay So once again, thank you, Sir Lakan, and we would like to acknowledge our media partners: Circle Art Design Magazine, Crookies, Lantawan Magazine, Park Up, and Zest Online Publication. And before we go, don't forget to like and share this podcast to your Archie friends and follow us on our official social media accounts at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Uptown National. And Haligi Publication on Facebook at uapsa.haligipublications. So you'll be updated every time we upload a new podcast episode. Thank you for tuning with us today. Again, this is your host, Dean Kabadtan from Summer State University, signing off and see you on our next episode.